0: World. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show. Your first, listen, start your day, listen to Locked On Blazers, tell your friends to do the same. We're still three days a week as we roll through August. As we get back towards training camp, we'll be five days a week, the only daily trailblazers podcast. But for now, three days a week, a couple of th- thrice a week, right here, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're listening and tell your friends to do the same so you have something to talk about. We got a lot to talk about in today's show. We're going to start with the Trailblazers broadcast news uh, reporting from multiple uh, multiple, media outlets suggests the Blazers are not planning on sending any of the broadcasters, television, or radio on the road this season, and that is super whack. Plus, the NBA schedule is here. A quick schedule breakdown and why the Blazers have... A really important stretch to open this season. Let's let's start with the news, though. First reported on six twenty, Rip City Radio by Dwight Chains, and Chad. Doing the Blazers reportedly plan to not have their broadcast teams—that is, uh, radio and television—go on the road. They will be doing all remote broadcasts. Uh, this was this was first reported, and then. Uh, uh, Friend of the program, Sean Heiken, who uh, who has the newsletter Rose Garden Report, also has a podcast component. Uh, Sean, a, a former guest on the show, uh, did some reporting, did what reporters do, and got uh, Blazers president Dwayne Hankins on the record, responding to that news. And Hankins said in part that the that decision had been fully made. Uh, the, the he denied that that decision is 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 a done deal, and that the Blazers are uh, still debating what they do. But if they do decide to do that, wink, 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 wink. If they do decide to do that, Hankin says the following. This is from Sean Hyken of Rose Garden Report. Thank you, Sean, for your wonderful reporting. Hankin says, we plan to incorporate lessons we've learned through doing remote broadcasts through COVID-19 over the last two years and see if we can't be more efficient as we look to invest in other areas to improve our broadcast. Right. Right, 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 right. Uh, the way to improve the broadcast is to keep everyone at home and invest in other remote areas. Uh, here's what we learned during COVID-19. The remote broadcasts for all live sports were awful. They made the viewing experience worse, and they made the already difficult job of calling a game on television, calling a live sporting event, via radio or television, significantly harder. You don't have the chemistry of being in the arena. You don't have the little observations of sitting down by the court. Or, you know, in some gyms, you sit up in the lower bowl, but you can see more than just what is given to you on the broadcast. And you do not have the in-person reporting from Trailblazer sideline reporter Brooke Olsendam. The thing that Brooke is best at is that she is incredibly affable and people like her. So when she does interviews, they like her and they give her good stuff. That is the skill. That is what makes her so good at the job. Well, doing it over video conferencing or just in your ear with some headphones on strips her of her skill. This, this is why it's a problem. Doing television, specifically Radio too, but television specifically is an incredibly public job. And the people in charge of you are making you actively worse at your job. Like, I don't expect Kevin Calabro or Lamar Heard, the Leisure Podcast team or Brooke Dam to comment on this stuff. One, it happens at all of our jobs where someone over your head makes a decision that's bad. Uh, maybe maybe not. some of you have jobs where that doesn't happen, but pretty common, right? Uh, someone makes a, a, a decision over your head that's bad. It makes your, makes your, your life more difficult. But sure, when your life is more difficult and you're like, um, have a desk-type job, like an, a spreadsheet-type job, uh, it, it's not public-facing. Your struggles and making it harder is is not as sort of obvious as it will be for when it's hard to identify who that was on first glimpse on the television and the and the camera cuts away and you do not see who committed the foul. You do not see who committed the turnover. You do not see who the ball was being passed to. Or maybe you say it wrong and then you have to go back and correct. Maybe you're a split second slow because you're trying to watch the TV in front of you and the, and get the broadcast right. It's, it is worse. And I don't care about the Blazers reinvesting efficiency. The reason they are doing this is to save money. It's a absolutely 150 million percent financially motivated. It is not about efficiency or improving the broadcast or finding better ways to spend the money or reinvest those funds. It is about saving money. And like, we can do some back in the napkin math here. Uh, you know, there's there's broadcasters you see out in front. You know, Kevin and, and and Lamar and Brooke. There's a handful of other folks who travel to make a live television broadcast possible. It's probably like six or eight, uh, depending on the trip. Sometimes maybe as few as five, but it's. You know, it's camera folks. It is people who make in motion graphics. It is the directors. It is producers of the program. It's a you know it's a small team of folks who make the Blazers broadcasting broadcast possible. Them being on site allows them to make plans, to get ideas, to to coordinate and make the broadcast stronger. But you got to pay for those people to have hotels, and you got to pay for those people to have food. And so the back of the map, napkin math suggested something like somewhere between you know in the the low six figures, right, a quarter of a million dollars. It's not nothing. You know, say it's $500,000. It's not nothing. I mean, it's not that much money, but say it is. Say it's $500,000, right? Say, say it's the, the cost of hotels is skyrocketing. It's half a million dollars. If you don't want to invest the money, you can't lie about it. We've seen how bad the broadcasts are remotely. We have plenty of data to suggest that it's worse. And anyone you've spoken to works in the TV world. I don't know the radio side as well. Like, it's going to be tougher for Travis Demers to do his job. It is incredibly hard to call radio play-by-play of, of a sport live. It's going to be even harder to call it off a monitor. But I'm not as familiar with sort of the, the uh, radio production side. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk specifically about the, about the TV here. Anyone you have spoken to who works in live television production knows that the remote broadcasts were worse and they were harder. They made it harder to do the job. They made it harder to do a good job. They were worse. During the sort of initial onset of COVID, even the national television broadcasts were remote. Uh, safety was important. Uh, keeping people out of the, you know, fewer humans in the gym was, was, was it a priority. We're not at that stage anymore in American life. We're not reducing the number of people in big arenas anymore. We're, 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 we're well beyond that. And to the Blazers' credit, Last year in, uh, in the early winter, earlier this year in the, in the winter, like in, in the sort of that, that January, in the early January, uh, when Omicron was, you know, whipping across the country and there's tons of infections and all, and, and COVID, COVID was spiking, even, even in our sort of post-vaccine times, other teams pulled their broadcasts off the road. Uh, at one point, only 15 teams were traveling. More than half the league was staying at home for road games. This was a common thing happening in 2021. It is, is a recent occurrence. This is like the this winter, right? The Blazers were one of the few teams that held out as long as they could, and I, I, I should have said this at the time, but I—you got to applaud them for that. Eventually, they did end up doing a handful of remote broadcasts just for sort of safety safety reasons, uh, and to keep the thing moving. You don't want to send like more broadcast folks on the road. It's just more humans, more chances, more infections, all of these things, right? Like you just—you want to keep your the basketball players healthy so you can keep playing games. It's a money making industry. There is no read on this that suggests that it's anything other than a money choice. And I'll say this. I had heard whispers of this prior to the reporting on um, 620. And the whispers I heard was not that it was a possibility. is that it was a done deal. It's a done deal. I haven't been able to confirm that since then. I'm um, just sort of uh, chatting around to people and who work in Blazerland. Um, in, in and around Blazerland, I should say. It, it doesn't sound like this is a, is something they're considering and if you're responding to reporters and giving them a quote on the record here's what it is It's i think the decision has been made and it's worse for you the fan but here's what i'll say you could probably bully them into backing out of this plan it is so bad and so stupid to make the television broadcast so much worse nobody's investing any money in regional sports networks anymore nobody at any levels investing any money in sports networks anymore. Uh, Root Sports doesn't have basically any programming. They show the games, they make the money off the games, and they peace out, and they show other stuff. Uh, they do a good job with the Mariners, but they don't have a footprint here in Portland. The Blazers are, I'm sure, feeling some of that, is that there's just sort of less stuff to sell around the game, right? Less stuff to sell around the television broadcast. But they're, they, you can bully them. And here's my advice to you, dear listener. Contact these people. I'm not going to, like, dox them or whatever, but, like, their their information is publicly available. You can you can find how to contact the people who make decisions for the trailblazers. Contact them and tell them that it sucks. And then do it again the next week. And then do it again the week after that. And then tell your friends to do the same. Apply some public pressure. I think the way to deal with billionaires saving money, and this is the Allen Estate. I'm not talking about, I know Jody Allen is the face of this. This is the Allen Estate. Allen Estate. It's, it's the, the ownership group, right? It's Vulcan. You can publicly bully Vulcan enough for them to back out of this. I believe in you, dear listener. I believe that you can bully these people enough publicly for them to go back on this decision. Just complain nonstop. Just complain nonstop. Complain in formal, public ways. Don't just post an angry thing on Twitter. Write an email. Find the email. Write the email. Do it. Do it. And tell them every week. Tell them every week it sucks. And when they do the first remote broadcast, tell them it sucks. And then tell them again, and then tell them again after that, and don't stop telling them. Because it stinks, and they need to hear it from you, and if they hear it from you, they'll back out. They, the season is long, it's like eight months long. They, a decision they've made now to save money, if it's embarrassing and stupid enough, they can go back on it, because the money doesn't really matter. I said that was the last thought, but here's one more thought. This is cheap nonsense by a uh, orga- by an organization worth billions of dollars uh, that is Eventually going to be sold for probably a, maybe like a record price for an for a NBA team, right? Like that's just the nature of it. They're going to make their money. So what billionaires do is they, is they, they don't lose money. They're really good at it. It's how you stay a billionaire. But pointing to the salaries is not a way to suggest that the Blazers have saved money. Here's where you actually cut costs as a team. Salaries are fixed, basically. There's a salary cap and there's a luxury tax line. Unless you're going crazy over the luxury tax line, your expenses on salaries are kind of fixed. That's one bucket. $160 million. It's a big bucket. The way you save money as a basketball team, as an entity like this, is to cut costs of the non, the stuff that isn't capped. The stuff that doesn't have a salary cap. The stuff that's outside of the basketball world. The, the stuff on the periphery. The Blazers have been doing stuff like this that has been less public. This is public. This is them embarrassing themselves. Make sure you remind them of how embarrassing it is. They're giving you a worse product, and their excuse is that they're going to be more efficient. Send them a bunch of emails. Be super efficient. Don't let them get away with this garbage. All right, let's talk about the schedule. But first, I want to tell you about Rocket Money. You have probably heard me tell you about True Bill, a favorite. In the financial app world, well, guess what? Truebill's got a new name. It's called Rocket Money. So why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? Well, here's what we heard. Truebill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps 3.4 million people with budgeting and lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story. That's a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything that you loved about Truebill, but has a fresh new look and a fresh new feel. So start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at RocketMoney.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's RocketMoney.com slash LockedOnMBA or download the app from the Apple Store or from Google Play. All right. Blazers aren't doing themselves many favors. Here's the thing. They're going to play 82 basketball games regardless of where their broadcast team is. Let's talk about those 82 basketball games. Last week... The NBA released its schedule. I'll just say this up front. NBA schedule releases super duper nonsense. It's always the same thing. Like it's always the same thing. It really is. It's 82 games. You're going to play every team in the Eastern Conference at home and on the road. 41 games against, or not 41. You're going to play 41 road games, 41 home games. You're going to play every team in the East twice. You're going to play most of the teams in the Western Conference four times except for four teams that you'll play thrice, and that's it. That's how it goes down every time. That's it. That's it. Like, there's important stretches. But it's so hard to pinpoint what will be monumentally important in February sitting here in August. Uh, It's not like necessarily like an NFL schedule where so many fewer games, um, you know, you kind of know who you play, but the home and the road and and the sort of rhythm of it and when you get your Thursday game and all those things like that matters in a sport like basketball where it's just forever. The NBA trying to make schedule release day a thing just rubs me a little bit. Not the wrong way, like I don't have any problem with it, it's fine. But like, it just, it strikes me as a little bit silly. But it is a fun sort of time when you get it to kind of look and be like, okay, what do they got cooking? So let's talk about what the Blazers got cooking. Uh, The things I tend to look at with this stuff is kind of like, how it starts, how it ends, and the and the rest stuff. Uh, the the NBA has has made a very concerted concerted effort over the last five years to reduce the amount of travel and reduce the number of back to back games play, teams play. It, they just want first of all they want less excuses for you to hold your stars out on TV. They you know they want less. Uh, like obvious rest games if they can avoid it. And like there's enough science out there to suggest that, that the traveling, the constant traveling is is probably harder on your bodies. You know, play a really difficult three hour basketball game, fly 30,000 feet for three and a half hours to another time zone, do it again the next night or do it again a day and a half later. Like, yeah, there's probably some injury, obvious injury prevention stuff that people smarter than me could tell you that just like reducing the amount of travel will, will help. And I think that the NBA is after that. And I, I, I don't know do I applaud them for it? I think I golf clap them for it. I'm giving them a little golf clap. But the but they have reduced the number of back-to-backs and reduced miles traveled. Uh some of the way that they have done that is they've given Bla- the Blazers longer road trips. But they also have reduced back-to-backs. It used to you played like 15, 18, 19 a year. Then the league average is now 13 Point three. Uh The Blazers play slightly more than the league average at 14 total this season. No team has fewer than 12. No team has more than 15. Everybody's right in that range. 12 to 15. The whole league. League average at 13. Blazers slightly above it. It's fine. Uh, you know, sure. I think you'd rather them have to the, be the team with 12, right? Uh, it's, it is what it is. They, they aren't. Um, but it's not like this that that's super egregious, to be quite honest. The other thing is miles traveled And the Blazers have a disadvantage because, one, they are located far away. Uh, When you lose Seattle and when you lose Vancouver from the team, the closest team for the Blazers is Sacramento, and that is not a particularly close city. Uh, And the other thing is that the Northwest Conference is... has a really stupid geographic footprint. So traveling to OKC four times just is going to give the Blazers, like, you're guaranteed four games in Oklahoma City. That's far away. That's, they should not be in the same division. But those teams are not closed. Oklahoma City is not even, um, like, it's not in the northwest of anything. Maybe it's in the northwestern part of a county. It's not in the northwest of anything. Come on now. You know, Minneapolis is far. Denver is far. These are far plane rides. Like, the the league used to treat Denver and Portland as their back-to-back partners. Like, those cities are close together. They're not particularly close together. You've, like, you know, if you've flown a, a, a certain airline that doesn't give me money, so they're not going to get buzz marketed here. But, like, that's a big hub. you got to fly across the country. You might fly to Denver. It's it's two and some change to get there. It's not close. So the Blazers are always going to be at the top of the list for miles traveled. This year, they're second behind only Oklahoma City, in part because Oklahoma City also has to deal with that stupid geographic footprint of the Northwest Division where you have to play four games. Uh, and probably just some like bad travel luck because they're close to the Texas teams and, and New Orleans, at least enough. So just some bad travel luck for OKC that, that they lead, are going to lead the league in, in miles traveled this year. The Blazers, a cool second. The league has reduced the amount of travel, and one way they've reduced the amount of travel, as I mentioned, is longer road trips. The Blazers have three, count them, three, six gamers, including two before Christmas. Six game road trips. Six games in 10 days, six games in 12 days later in the year. That's a long time on the road. Um, I'm, I'm uh, really excited that the uh, Allen Estate will not have to pay for broadcasters to travel on those uh, six-game, day 6 12-day road trips. I'm, I'm, congratulations to everyone there at Vulcan for saving that money. I hope you invest it more efficiently. In any case, the first of those six-game road trips is November 4th. November 12th is early in the season. It's games... Uh, you know games 8 through 14 or games 8 through 13 rather it's that's a lot that's a lot of games on the road Um, better for overall travel I think um, just talking to folks who work in the league and like I think in general you'd rather just like go travel get them done and get back like the, the like fly to Minnesota, come back, fly to Denver, come back, fly to Sacramento, come back, fly to LA, come back, fly to F- like that gets, that's almost worse for some folks. You'd rather just go out on the road and play every other day for two weeks and just keep it going, keep it rolling and come on back. Um, it's it's a challenge, but that that's the, that's the game, right? Uh, the other thing that's like, so there's your back-to-back, slightly above league average uh Six three six game road trips. Those are long times on the road, and, and it's um, two two before Christmas. Blazers get back December twenty third and have a couple of days off here at home. But uh, the, that's a that's a lot of travel. Uh, the Blazers have eight games that are considered fresh or rest advantage games, according to positiveresidual.com. dot uh, that's slightly below league average. Like most teams so have a couple more fresh games and they have eight, they have 10 tired games where that's, you know, they basically, they played the night before and the other team didn't Where well, the other team has a rest advantage. Uh, the Blazers have 10 rest disadvantage games, 10 tired games. That is uh s- slightly more than league average. So, Blazers get a little bit worse. Some of that's just geography that you can't, you can't shake. Uh, some of that is just like unlucky. Some of that is like, the lakers have an easier schedule rest-wise because of they play teams in la and because they probably just get better schedule cuz it's the freaking lakers and that's how this league works uh you know but so that's that's 18 you know either either fresh games or or tired games 64 even for the most part the blazers are going to play teams with relatively even rest schedules um that's not exactly how it works because like the blazers will have some days off on these six game road trips but if you've been on the road for for 12 days even if you have like the same sort of amount of rest that's a long time living out of a suitcase it's they're not all created the same the other things to look at for the blazers national tv games they play just three this year on ESPN and TNT. They play a handful on NBA TV, but that's not a national TV game because that's like a premium channel uh, that not even everyone gets uh, and also blacked out here in Portland, so you can't even freaking watch it. So, uh, like, it's... All of the games will be en route, but they will have three national TV games this year. They had nine last year. Nine was below the league average last year. Um, three is just way down there. It's about um marketing the blazers aren't particularly marketable the league this year has said that all games abc espn and tnt ha- are fully flexible for the whole year it used to be only until you got to the spring you got to like uh march le- you know post post all-star break in march you could f- start flexing teams out because it's like this team stinks we thought they were going to be good and they're like and the lakers are terrible let's get them off of tv or like typically it's like damn why did we put the knicks on a game in march um that's mean. The Knicks have had a recently good season, but um, y'all have been around for the last twenty years for the most part. Uh, they're, they've had a lot of undue national television games. Now, instead of waiting till March to flex them out, they can flex them out a little bit earlier, and that gives the league some leeway to, um, you know, to to put if the Blazers are good and are surprisingly competitive, put them on TV. In the past, I just you know, like I just know this from being around, and like I said talk to people who work in tv the league loves and and turner specifically tnt loves blazer broadcasting like they love to or excuse me broadcast games in portland because you get that late game, they've the team has been typically competitive over the last ten years, and good crowd. Like you get a good crowd. You don't get a Clippers crowd, which is like sparse or whatever and quiet. Like you get a good arena and all of those things. Like it's good for the league. So if the Blazers are good, the, the league's not going to have a problem like flexing them in. It's just like the Western Conference is loaded this year. It's a bunch of really good teams. um And the Blazers get the short end. This is like this is. The sort of, I would say, and more to do with perception of what the Blazers are like in terms of general interest, Um, you know, they were were bad last year and the like moves they made while compelling are compelling to like diehards like you who are listening to this podcast. Jeremy Grant and and Gary Payton don't like really move the needle too much like around the league, like giving, you know, securing Anthony Simons in the backcourt doesn't like, isn't like a huge TV drop. The Blazers are going to be way better than they were last year, and they'll probably earn some uh, you know, second-half national TV games. We could talk about it then. Um, I would say, in general, having your games called by your home announcers is better than the national TV announcers, and that you really just want it for respect. But if the Blazers are going to call these games remotely, getting more on national TV is better because you get a better quality broadcast. Let's talk about the first seven games of the regular season. The Blazers, like I said, have that six game road trip that begins November 4th, but they got seven games before that. That's a big, important chunk of the schedule. The way I look at it, let's talk about that to close the show. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, still listening to the locked on Blazers. Let's talk about the Blazers beginning to this season. Uh, uh, this is one thing, my friend of the program, a uh, friend of mine, friend of yours, Jason Quick, a uh, veteran reporter, covered, covered the team for a long, long time, covered the team for a long, long time, more than two decades. When the schedule would come out, he would do the exercise of going through all 82 games and saying, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And he'd be like, Richmond, what'd you get? What'd you get when you did it? I was like, I don't do that. And then so he would make me do it. The more we work together, make, he'd make me do it. He would encourage me to do that. He didn't make me do it necessarily. He made me. Uh, but like, he would encourage me to do that. And I would say like, oh, Jason, I got, I'm a, I'm at 45. What about you? It's like, oh, I'm at 47. Okay, like, what's what's the difference? So we we talk about it or whatever. I've gotten away from doing that because I don't think my prediction of j- late January, February, post trade deadline and March stuff is going to hold up. I think the Blazers are going to. I've changed my my over, over under on them. I think they're a 42 win team. I think they're going to go 42 and 40. Seeing these 82 games hasn't changed my opinion, just like thinking about the league has changed my opinion. The schedule will sometimes bite you and will sometimes be a problem, but for the most part, everybody, every team in the league looks at their schedule and says, man, ours is is hard, oh, we have this brutal stretch, oh, we have this, we have that. Every team in the league can point to it and complain. No problem, no problem. So instead of doing the exercise that Jason has encouraged me, I tend to lean on something that I learned also from a Blazers veteran is that Terry Stotts used to, when he would talk to the team, he would never do this with the media, but he apparently do this all the time talking to the team. Is break up the season into five game segments, and you want to go three and two in every every segment. You win three out of five, you're you're a really good team. You're like you win you're winning sixty percent of your games. You're in you're in a you're going to be very competitive if you if you win that number of games, right? Like you're going to be you're going to find yourself in a great spot. So I'm not exactly. I'm somewhere in between the Stotts five-game segment chunk and the Jason Quick Go Through All 82 exercise. Instead, I'm just breaking this up into little spots. And to me, the the, the Blazers is it's road heavy. Eight of their first 13 are on the road, but that's because of that six-game road trip. They start with they start with five of seven. Five of seven here in Portland. Those seven games are really, really crucial. Start on the road at Sacramento. Um that's a bummer because, like, the Kings are liable to be so bad at the end of the year because they're the freaking Kings. Um, all I do is make fun of the Kings on this podcast. Like, my number one thing, but for real, they're the Kings. They're going to be – they're going to – like, by the end of the season, they're going to be a mess. Um, I'll, I'll – or not even a mess. They're going to be the 11th best team in the West uh early in the season there's hope there's health there's all of these things like you just uh you don't want to open the year against a bad team right you want to um you want to get sort of like the good teams early maybe you don't know who you want to get early that's why the 82 games thing doesn't matter but at sacramento begin the season that's it's like a not very good team a winnable game but it's it's everybody sort of the juice of the home opener and all that that's that is no gift uh the blazers you know lost their home open the kings last year but last year's totally different beast. Then home against Phoenix at the Lakers. Uh, Lakers still might be a mess. That's, that might be a, a valuable road game. Uh, home against Denver. Home against Miami. Home against Houston. Home against Memphis. Good to get a Memphis home game in there before they kind of um, find their stride. You know, no Kyle Anderson, no Jaren Jackson Jr. Certainly not in the first week of the season. They, you know, they swapped out DeAnthony Melton for uh, Danny Green. As much as I love Danny Green, uh, I think that makes you worse. Uh, it's, you know, Memphis is going to be a little bit worse, but they might end up finding their stride because they've got, you know, good young parts and it might all, they might figure it out. I think getting them early matters. I think Houston is like actively bad and you want to get them going, but Miami, Denver, Phoenix, those are all playoff teams. The Lakers are at least a team that employs LeBron James and Anthony Davis, even if they end up bad. that's That's like... That that's not an easy road game necessarily. Even if they end up bad, and Sacramento, a team that I don't think is very good, but you have to open the year with sort of that, like I said, the home opener juice. But then you go on the road at Phoenix twice, and a back uh, road road back to back at Phoenix, at Miami, at Charlotte, at New Orleans, at Dallas. Those are not nothing easy there. Just because the Blazers have historically always kind of stunk in Charlotte, but the other none of those games are are guaranteed like. You could say, like, oh, that's probably a win. Phoenix twice. You you think you maybe split those just because hard to beat a team twice. At Miami's brutal. At New Orleans is tough. At Dallas is tough. Um Charlotte has always given the just like a locale that has given the Blazers problems. These first seven games with five at home, before you get on that road trip, before things get messy, before all of that nonsense, like you gotta you gotta find yourself in a good spot. You gotta find yourself in a good spot. It, it, like when I look at this. I don't know if I like, I don't know if I'm like, oh yeah, like no problem. That's five and two, baby. Like, I don't think I see that necessarily. Um, but regardless of my predictions, like you need to be four and three. You need to win more than you've lost in those first seven because then you go on the road and it's just gonna be naturally difficult. It's just gonna be naturally difficult. Like you know, if the Blazers come back after those first 13 games, five of seven at home, six on the road, and they're like, you know, five and eight or whatever. It's not that big of a deal. They'll still have time to put themselves where they need to be and all those things. But like, if they're five and eight, they're three games under 500 and they got to get rolling. Like 15, to, that's 13 games in. Usually like 25 games in, you kind of know who's good and who's and who's not. That, that's halfway home to the kind of who's good and who's not range. Um, and you have that six gamer to begin with. Like, you got to fatten up on those first seven games. 5 5 at the at 5 where you'll have the broadcasters in the building calling a game live and they'll be, they'll be able to do their jobs better and it'll be worth the investment to allow them to do their jobs better but uh that probably won't impact the players too much cuz they can dap up Lamar and Kevin as they go out on the on the court but like it's you the, when i look at the schedule what i see is like oof Oof, that's tough. And then things kind of soften up. They play a whole bunch of home games in January, kind of classic Blazers where second half of the season they can maybe go on that da- patented Dame-era run where they've kind of they kind of always done this start slow and get going. But like, start slow and get going is how you end up a low-level playoff team. It's like it's how you finish sixth or whatever. It's to, to be like... To put yourselves in the mix to not have a sprint and have to leave it all out on the court in in March and the first week of April to even get yourself where you wanna be postseason-wise, like you just don't wanna have to make that. You don't you wanna put yourself in a position where you do not have to make leave it all out there. You wanna put yourself in a position to 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 be say, Okay, we're playing our best basketball, but we don't need to win like, you know, eighteen of twenty-two uh in order to finish fifth in the West or whatever. You like you wanna just Take care of what you can take care of. And that six-game road trip is not something that you can say, oh, yeah, no prob. Three and three, no prob. Like, three and three is definitely doable. Winnable games. Uh, New Orleans At New Orleans, at Dallas, winnable games. Certainly teams that are, like, about as good as the Blazers. But it's on the road. It's games five and six of a six-game road trip. Those are hard. Uh, you know, Phoenix up front That's a good team. You're going to play them, you know, three times in the first ten games. Like, that's uh, It's probably before the implosion in Phoenix if it's going to happen, right? Like, it's... You've got to take advantage of the games you can take advantage of, and and early home cooking. Early home cooking is the time to fatten up. It's the time to get going. That's my schedule talk. I'm still mad about the Blazers broadcast. I really like Kevin Calabro and Lamar Hurd, people I really respect professionally. I really like Brooke Olsendam, one of the nicest people, the true queen of Rip City. I'm pissed that someone is making their very public jobs harder. Send some emails. Complain. Do it on my behalf. It's nonsense that's your schedule talk, that's your broadcast talk. Later this week we are going to have shows. Uh scheduling notes. This is this is Monday, August 22nd show. It's going to come out uh Sunday evening if you're listening to this right away or watching on YouTube. Thanks. I appreciate you. Thanks for being in on the ground floor. Tell your friends to do the same. Uh I have some stuff going on this week such that uh the shows are going to come out at the end of this week. It'll be the next shows will come out Thursday and then Friday. So look for those. Uh, I've been on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday publishing schedule, but such is life. I'm not going to get into it. Such is life. It's going to be this Monday show. Look for a Thursday show. A show in your feed Thursday. A show in your feed Friday. Look for those two. Tell your friends about this show. We're rolling along. We're having fun. Um, it's you know we're we're kind of mad at the Blazers, maybe a little bit, but still we're having fun on the show. Uh, rolling along all August long, and then we'll get back to five days a week, and we'll keep it rolling then. So make it part of daily routine. Make it your first listen when their show's available, and then come back and do it again. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.